Hello, and welcome to the Body and Food Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Preston, trauma-informed mental health social worker, psychotherapist, and nutritionist. I'm the creator of the Body and Food Freedom Project, a women's group focused on helping women make peace with food and their bodies. I know firsthand how dieting, food restriction, and body shame can steal our joy and have us playing small in our own lives. But I also know the freedom and liberation that comes with breaking free from diet culture, making peace with food, and learning to respect our bodies. Follow along as I speak with you and my guests about concepts including shame, self-compassion, intuitive eating, body image healing, and all things trauma, mental health, and therapy. I'm so happy to have you here. Grab a cup of tea and your headphones and let's get started. Hi everyone. Welcome back to the Body and Food Freedom Podcast. I'm your host Vanessa and I'm really happy to have you joining me for episode three. Um, I'm not sure what's happening where you are, but at time of recording this, Um, We are back in lockdown with restrictions after a bit of a COVID outbreak. Um, So that's been interesting to navigate. I feel really thankful, though, because just before lockdown, we were able to get away and went on a bit of a camping trip. Um, I don't know if you're a camp person or not, but I really love going camping. Um, I... I just love the being able to see all the stars and the quiet and where we are, we always see different animals, which I really like that too. So when we went this last time, we saw deer and we saw wombats um, and we saw all kinds of sort of different birds. I just find it so relaxing. I think my favorite part though is at night, you know, sitting around the campfire and like no sound of traffic, no one else around. It's, it's so lovely. I do have to say though, <laughs> it was absolutely freezing. So where I grew up, it, it snowed um, in the winters. And so I'm pretty used to being cold, but this was next level. I think it was maybe negative two or three Celsius. And so it was so funny when we were sleeping, I just kept adding clothes, <laughs> extra pair of socks, extra pair of pants. I'm going to put on another hoodie now. Um, so it was so cold at night, but like I said, I feel thankful that we had that little bit of a getaway. Um, and I hope you're well, wherever you are, um, as you're listening So today's topic is self-compassion. I know I've already talked about, or at least used this term. Um, You may have noticed in my intro and probably in um, a couple episodes already, but self-compassion is something I talk a lot about with my clients and we definitely spend time on it within my group program. And today, the information that I'm sharing with you um, is rooted in Dr. Kristen Neff's work and research. 
And so I'll be sure to include a link to her work in the show notes if you want to check that out um, more. I know she has some really great resources. So what is self-compassion? Self-compassion is the ability to turn understanding, acceptance, and love inward to ourselves, especially in times where we fail or where we're struggling. And so I've had clients ask, isn't that like self-pity? I don't want to sit around and feel sorry for myself. So that is not self-compassion. And we'll talk more about this as we go. But self-compassion is not self-pity and it's not indulgence. Um, It may feel like that if this is something that you normally don't practice or if you grew up not feeling loved or understood or accepted, um, this might feel really strange. So a little bit about what the research shows us about self-compassion. Um, one is people who are more compassionate with themselves are more likely to take personal responsibility for harming others, and they're more likely to apologize and repair the issue. This is because rather than staying in a place of shame, which is a topic for another day, But rather than staying in a place of shame where we feel like I am the mistake, I am what's bad here, right? Like we label our whole human selves as we as a whole, we're the mistake. And so self-compassion can help us move to a place of acknowledging maybe I made a mistake. I may have acted in a way that goes against my value system. Um, So I hope you can hear the difference there. It helps us, you know, move from a place of I am the mistake to being able to acknowledge I simply just made a mistake. Um, I also came across a study, which again, I'm happy to reference in the show notes. Um, But what the researchers did was they ran a three-week self-compassion meditation with women of all ages. And what they found is that self-compassion can help mitigate body dissatisfaction. So the results showed that the experimental group, right, the women who participated in this three-week self-compassion meditation, um, as compared to the control group, the experimental group experienced significantly less body shame they experienced less of this idea that our self-worth is tied to appearance. And they also reported increased body appreciation. So that's so promising if you think about it. That's three weeks of practicing a self-compassion meditation. And those are the results that they saw. Um, I don't know about you, but I find that so encouraging and I think it really speaks to the power of um, what we can sort of the, the changes we can experience if we're willing to lean into a self-compassion sort of practice. Um, what we also know and what I see in my therapy practice is that 
self-compassion is a really important part of the treatment plan for a lot of mental health concerns. Um, this includes anxiety um, or depression. And it's also a really big piece of um, making peace with food and around healing body image. Um, research also shows us that self-compassion and the ability to, um, to, again, practice this is linked to happiness. Um, it's linked to emotional intelligence and wisdom. And it's linked to less rumination, which rumination is those racing thoughts where, you know, we just sort of keep, it's a loop. We sort of keep going over the same thing over and over again in our heads. So it's linked with less rumination. And for my fellow perfectionist or recovering perfectionist, this is linked with um, supporting people to overcome perfectionism. Something I thought about while I was sort of thinking about today and this topic is what I tend to see is when it comes to self-compassion for women, you know, I think it highlights this tendency that women have to sacrifice themselves to meet the needs of others around them. And I think part of this is the conditioning of women within this culture, and it can lead to something called self-silencing, which would be a really good topic for another episode. So in terms of self-compassion, I would, I wanted to sort of talk to you about the three components or the three elements that make up a self-compassion practice. And so one is this idea of self-kindness versus self-judgment. And so again, self-kindness is that being warm and understanding with ourselves when we fail or when we feel inadequate. It's this recognition that we're all imperfect and that failing is just a part of growth and it's just a part of life. Self-kindness means using curiosity over judgment and criticism. And the magic question here under this sort of banner of self-kindness is, how would I treat my best friend or child? And when we do this little bit of exercise in sessions, when I do this with clients, um, often they end up laughing because I'm sitting, I, I sort of say, hang on, if, if you had your child or you had your best friend going through this situation, would you follow them around and ridicule and criticize them the way that you are with yourself right now? And they sort of laugh and they're like, absolutely not. Of course, I wouldn't speak to them in this way. And so it's a really helpful question to check in with yourself about is, would you speak that way to them? And sometimes it, you know, it can help. Like even right now, I'm thinking maybe a scenario of being at the pool and dealing with a level of um, 
body discomfort or body shame, right? Like the self-talk there could potentially be go back home. No one wants to look at you, right? The self-talk could be picking apart uh, where I see each flaw in my body. Where's their cellulite? That's so gross, right? Like this real critical self-talk. And if we imagine following our best friend around the pool and going, honey, please go cover up and go home. No one wants to look at you. You do not have a right to be here. There's just absolutely no way that we would speak that way. And so this can be a little bit of a magic question to, like I said, check in with yourself about. Um, The other thing I thought about under this banner, especially when it comes to Uh, body image healing is, I know this can be tricky, but this idea of treating our body like it's a friend too. And I am totally aware that there is a healing process and that that might take a little while to get to, to treating your body like it's a friend. Um, But I think you know, our bodies do so much for us, especially over the last, you know, 18 months. Our bodies have helped us survive a pandemic. It's helped us deal with distance um, education and homeschooling. It's helped us adjust to working maybe in a home setting. Um, it's dealt with the anxiety and the ever-changing rules it's it's it brings air and breath into our lungs it helps us smell the fresh smell of i don't know baking bread it helps us smell the salt of the ocean right it it allows us to hug our loved ones and it does all of this And so often all we're saying back is, you're so disgusting. And so this self-kindness is so important, not just in our self-talk day-to-day, but in this body image healing. And if it feels too far away to treat your body like a friend, you know, Maybe even think about what would it be like? What would it look like to move towards a friendship with my body? Element number two, component number two of self-compassion is this idea of common humanity versus isolation. And so when we are in the midst of something really hard, um, often the shame that we could potentially be sitting with leads to isolation. And there is this thought or idea that I am the only person suffering in this way. I am completely alone in this experience. No one else gets it. So it's this real, um, isolated feeling. And what common humanity does is it helps us recognize that 
failure and pain and struggle and suffering is part of the human condition. And so it recognizes that we're all experiencing these things. And so it's an important reminder when we're talking about self-compassion that other people are going through similar things, right? We're not alone. And I want to note something here. This does not mean that we need to compare our struggles. I hear people do this all the time. People tend to go, you know what? Yeah, I'm going through this, but other people have it worse. At least I'm not going through X, Y, or Z. And I get that. It's, I think that's an attempt to have this perspective, you know, put things in perspective. But I think it's really important to, you know, yes, we want to recognize other people are going through shit too. But we also want to balance that with validating ourselves you know so while it's important to recognize other people go through stuff too we don't have to let that lead us into comparing and dismissing our own feelings or experience i hope that makes sense the third component or element of self-compassion is this idea of mindfulness over Versus over-identification. Mindfulness is a real buzzword. Um, But in this context, we're sort of talking about this ability to observe our thoughts and our emotions in a non-judgmental way. It's this ability to notice our thoughts but return to the present moment. It's this idea of not over-identifying. And so a little trick that I have for not over-identifying, which means we almost become the emotion or thought we're having, we tend to go, I'm so angry. Or the thought might be, I'm useless. And we can, like I said, we can sort of label ourselves as that. And so it, quick trick is starting to practice saying, I notice anger. I notice the thought that I'm useless. So it's this way of practicing separating yourself from your emotions and thoughts. Such an important thing. You are not your emotions and thoughts. And ultimately, the ideal would be to get to a place of being able to feel and sit with our emotions rather than suppress or numb or avoid or over-identify like I've talked about, which I know, again, that that can be a process. Um, I think one of the things I see in my practice is if you grew up in a home where you did not have permission to show emotion where no adults modeled for you showing or managing emotions, um, this can be a bit of a process to learn to sit with and notice. So don't judge yourself harshly if, if, this, is, if this takes a little while for you. 
Um, a couple tricks for observing your thoughts, and some of this is from acceptance commitment therapy. Um, it's not the only one, of course, that talks about this, but it's this idea of using a visual to observe your thoughts. So this could mean, you know, you imagine sitting in a movie theater and your thoughts are going across the screen, right? So it's like this idea that yourself, you're watching that. Um, it could be watching your thoughts on, you know, imagining watching your thoughts on clouds and sort of watching them move by. Um, it could mean it could also like a good visual is sort of imagining your thoughts on leaves sort of passing by on a river or stream. And so it can be really helpful to pair a visual um, of a way to, like we're saying, separate from your thoughts and imagine them sort of passing by. So I just want to summarize this for you. Um, one is that self-compassion is a really important part of almost any healing journey, any issue that people come to therapy for, self-compassion is usually a helpful part of the quote treatment plan. It's definitely a really important part of body image healing, which is why it is, like I said, um, something we work on in my group. Um, the three components I want to summarize for you. One is self-kindness. How would I speak to a dear friend or child or my child in this situation? And can I have that same gentle approach with myself? With your body, self-kindness is this idea of moving towards, even if it feels really hard right now, just the idea of moving towards entertaining the idea of viewing your body as a friend. Number two, common humanity. I'm not alone in this. This feeling or this experience is unfortunately part of the human condition. And again, we don't have to leave that to comparing our struggle to other people. We can validate ourselves while we hold this idea that other people are going through things too. And then the third component, mindfulness. Again, you are not your emotions and thoughts. We can observe them. We can be curious about them um, without sort of feeling completely washed away. I wanted to give you guys also a quick way of starting to practice this. So I always think a pause is very helpful. So if you're in a situation where you're noticing you're being really critical of your body, if you are in a situation at work, uh, maybe you're going into a really rough meeting and you're noticing this sort of real critical self-talk, the first step is always to pause and take a breath or a couple deep breaths. I think what also can be helpful is changing your posture. So it might be really releasing the tension in your shoulders. It might be that you stand up instead of sit down. It might be that you stretch a little bit. 
Um, you can also remove yourself when it's possible, right? So go to the bathroom, go outside if you can. So, and then use some of what we've talked about. Really observe what are the thoughts going on here? Can I be curious about this? And can I be more kind to myself in this situation? I hope that's helpful. Um, I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. Um, if you want to shoot me a direct message about your thoughts about this episode, um, I would love to sort of hear what you think. Um, I'm happy also for you to send questions. So um, I'm just thinking, is there anything else to sort of share with you before we come to an end? Um, I don't think there is today. So I just want to thank you for listening and um, I will see you at the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. And I hope today's episode has been helpful. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and take a second to give me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps get this message out to other women who need it. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Green Life Psychology. You can click in the link in the Instagram bio to learn more about the Body and Food Freedom Project, my 16-week online program where I teach and facilitate sessions live. Have a great week and I'll see you at the next episode.